strike a pose. Okay, we are live. You know, the best part of my week is the five minutes before we start Book Talk Live. When we're just sitting here like, look at my roots. <laughs> it, it's just so fun. Melanie's not getting bothered by anyone. Yeah. I'm <laughs> um, what? I mean, it does happen. We've had people interrupt um, Book Talk Live before. That's just true. like to say hi. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm in my office, and even though I have a sign out that says, recording live, people will come in and they'll be like, knock, 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 hi, yeah. I haven't seen you for a while, which is I'm great, in, whatever. I'm in the back room today, and I've got both doors shut, and I put little stickers on it that say Facebook Live in progress or just going on, or I don't know, Facebook Live thing, and I'm totally prepared for somebody to just like walk through. It's also really warm back here. I have a feeling that the security guard will walk through. Probably. I that's my that's my prediction for the next forty five minutes is that yes. you will have somebody walk through and it will be the security guard. Okay. Well, and I'll just turn the camera and be like, "Hey, I'm home alone, mind? so I have no risk of that happening." <laughs> if that happens, then we're calling nine one one for Alyssa. We'll be like, "There's someone in Alyssa's apartment. This is crazy!" Ah. So we should introduce ourselves. So I have to tell you, I had the best reference query today it wasn't really a query i was right. just helping someone well hold that thought hold hold your best reference thing because okay. we need to introduce ourselves because we, oh okay we yeah yeah we should like do that three minutes um so welcome to book talk live with the awesome staff at the macarthur public library in biddeford maine uh if you are watching this on facebook live welcome if you are listening to it via podcast cool if you're watching it recorded post-recorded whatever after recording on Facebook, awesome as well. Welcome. And I'm going to play our silly little video. Randy still hasn't made us a video yet. I totally need to edit that because that music is really loud. It, it makes me nostalgic, though. It's so loud. I'm gonna edit it, it's, that. It's funny, though. It makes me realize, like, wow, we've been doing this a year. It's over a year, because we started last July. Because one of the first episodes was me wearing my crown on my birthday. <clears throat> All right, so I suppose we should introduce ourselves. <laughs> Let's go in alphabetic order today. I I, I will, in, a, in just a moment, I'm interrupting. Does that mean I'm Yeah, that means you're up. Cool. All right. I'm Alyssa. I work in children's services downstairs with Deanna, who's not here. Hi, Deanna. Because slacker. No. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Let's just call her a slacker. Uh, and I'm Danny. She, her. I'm the teen services librarian here in the MacArthur Public Library. And I'm in our super awesome back room today. And I am Melanie Taylor Coombs. I'm the adult services librarian at MacArthur Library. And Cheryl just wants everybody to know that the little video associated with our very loud theme music is adorable. <laughs> so at least our regular is watching. We actually have a couple of viewers now. Hi. That's awesome. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I really, you know, now that we're a podcast too, I feel like I have to be conscientious of that. And I totally got off script earlier. We always do. 
Like that's half the fun of Book Talk Live. I've been calling it. So actually, the funny thing if for we me can is Book Talk Live. If we don't go off script, exactly. <laughs> uh, I was trying to describe it to somebody, like what we do, and I was like, it's like a talk show where we sometimes talk about books, but we talk about our hair a lot. <laughs> And it's for work. And they just kind of looked at me and I was like, just go with it. <laughs> just go with it. But we, it really did start. And it's funny because we were called book nerds today. I don't know if anybody noticed that in the email. And I was like, it, it's true. We really are book nerds. And so this, this I think, is really um, a tribute to all the book nerds out there. So what was, what was the reference query you got? Oh, okay. So someone came in and... They were printing up tickets to go to the summer camp where all of the Friday the 13th movies were filmed. <laughs> and they needed assistance printing their tickets. Why? Isn't that cool though? I mean, like, it's pretty cool. Like we we were talking about all these horror podcasts last week and I was like, oh, these guys will appreciate. I'm not, I can't watch that stuff because I, I live alone and it terrifies me. Nope. No. Having funny. just read about murder at a summer camp, I'm all set. Yeah, that was like your theme last week. Yep, yeah, I so, finished the book. So let's start with that, Alyssa, because um, you were telling me about mm -hmm. it and it sounded kind Terrifying. of awesome. Oh, it's called uh, The Box in the Woods by Maureen Johnson. It's a YA fiction book. And she had written a trilogy before this that is set before this during the school year uh, called True Devious. And um, it takes place at a boarding school in Vermont. And Stevie, the main character, she is sent to the, the boarding school to solve a murder that happened in the 1930s, I believe. 20s, 30s. A while ago. And um, present day people start getting murdered as well. And so she has to start trying to solve both at the same time. This book is set in the summer after the events of the truly devious series and takes place at a summer camp in the Berkshires in Massachusetts, where four camp counselors were brutally murdered in the summer during the 1970s. Cool. It's creepy. <laughs> um, but it's very satisfying. The ending part not the murder part. Um, it's just the way she writes the mystery and revealing everything. Of course, currently, like, presently stuff starts happening while she's investigating, like the last time. So, I don't know. It's like the way Maureen Johnson writes mystery, and it, it gets me engaged in it when I don't read that genre often, if ever. Um, I just, like, and the reveal at the end is always so satisfying, like, it's such a mic. She just like, you want to know how I figured that out? I know you do. <laughs> so it's like so, I, so, I some 18 year old I, handing it to you. I, I love it because it's not a genre that's, I, I never feel like there's a lot of mystery and thrillers in YA fiction. I feel like there are a lot. Soft. Now there is. Yeah. They're getting, it's there's an a lot up and coming more. genre right now. With... That's awesome. Because that's pretty much what I read that all. I read mysteries and thrillers all the time. That's my thing. And so, you know, I've read a lot of dystopia, but it seems like there's a lot of YA dystopia 
So I'm glad to see that genre represented. Yeah. I think so, Karen McManus is another author that does a lot of like murder, like thriller sort of things. Yes. Have Off the top read... of my head. Now, now this one, this is an older series and I don't have the author handy that I could Google it. Have you read Not Even Bones? It's like a sci-fi fantasy mystery. I have not. I haven't it, even heard that. Really, I'm Googling it. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the other hard thing about doing Book Talk Live is that somebody will mention a book that sounds really good and you're like, ooh, I have to jot this down. So yeah. it's by- We bounce ideas on each other and get recommendations from each other. So that's yeah. good. Yeah. And you know what? You two got me hooked on lore. The podcast lore. I'm like, yes. I've listened to so many of those because I finished all the criminal episodes with Phoebe Judge. And so I started listening to lore. I really like lore. That's my favorite of the, the ones that you suggested. And I've listened to, I don't even know, like maybe 20 or 30 episodes. That one's super cool. Yeah, it is. Really I like good. that I can like jump around with that one and I can just pick things that I'm feeling that day. Yeah. Yeah, they're not in order. So you can listen to whatever one you want. I like that too. I'm glad you like it. I love it. Yeah, it's really good. But there was one that was really creepy. Did you read the one um, or listen to the one about the man in Key West, Florida, who fell in love with a tuberculosis patient? If you get a chance, try that. I don't that remember that one. It's so creepy. It is it very, very gross creepy. already. Yeah, it was It was really, really gross. It, it wasn't, it was just unbelievably weird. Yeah, he does yeah. that. I've not read that one. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so we're kind of doing a bit of a mishmash today, I think. But um, it, I, I really wanted to talk about some of the new releases that are coming up in the next, well, kind of, kind of month, because I think I ended it at September 14th is the latest one. But this time of year, are, there's some huge releases that are coming out in adult fiction. So I picked some, two of my favorite authors are being released on the same day. I've got them pre-ordered. I'm waiting for them to come in. They're both getting released on the same day. So I'm going to be talking about those and then a couple of others. And I'm going with like a mishmash of new books, um, books I just covered and stuff that's interesting. <laughs> and we, I'm going to be got, talking about some books that I'm looking forward to in September. Coming up, like the ones I'm probably going to pre-order for myself. So, Alyssa, how many books a year do you read? Do you think? Do you keep Oof. track? Yeah, I do. I have a reading uh, planner slash journal. I log my pages read a day. I do book reviews in there. I rate them. I keep track of the pages I've read a year. I'd have to check my last planner. But it was in the thousands, I think, pages-wise, uh, books-wise, not sure. I've read an average of like five or six a month for the last couple months, but I've had a lot of time to read. Uh, usually it's more like I could probably put away at least three or four books a month, but depending on how many pages it is, I could probably, in like a day, I could probably put away a 300-page book real easy if I'm into it, but... It depends. Lately, I've been doing really well. Like, I'm already at four books this month. 
and I'm currently almost halfway through this one, which I'm very excited about. Maybe a little less than halfway, but <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I used it's to write nice them down on my calendar. Murder. I used to huh? write them down on my calendar so that I could like keep track. And this year, I, I haven't done that. Yeah, I get a reading I'm, specific reading planner every year that I use. So that's very organized. I just use Goodreads. I'm lazy, and it's easy. I have that too. Yeah. I, plus, I like at the end of the year, I can look at all the books that I've read with their covers in like a nice grid, and I think it's pretty. Oh, maybe I can see how many books I read last year. Hold on. Yeah, you should be able to. It, it, it doesn't have to, you know, it, you don't have to. Like now our foodie's like, oh, let's look at our Goodreads. I'm well, going to do find the reading challenge. Yeah. I've been doing, this year, I, this year, I figured, because I'm a listener, I listen, you know, that's how I learn stuff, and and so I think my numbers this year are going to be down because I've been addicted to so many podcasts this year, which is fine. But. My numbers are definitely down, but more because I have no ability to focus on anything this year. Yeah, this year. I read 52 books last year, FYI. Cool. Which isn't that much. I mean, to me. Well, like... <laughs> We say books, but like also, if you're reading a 500 page book, that's a lot of pages. But it, yeah, pages is probably a lot. Yeah. And then fan fiction doesn't, I don't count that, but that's what I do when I get home. So I'm yeah. never not reading anything. <laughs> I'm always reading something. So, Danny, did you do a room for today? Do we have a room? We don't have a room yet because uh, I was on desk and distraction but we will have one afterwards i've got it like started and almost finished uh so it's just going to be the three of us chatting today and okay. i have my books because they were on my covering shelf i didn't um, i sh i didn't bring any of my books because they're not out yet we have a couple yeah. of them that are ready to roll because we do often receive them before the on sale date and they get processed and ready to roll but if i see it I'll grab it. Oh yeah, you're you're right there. So yeah, yeah one of them I'm gonna talk. Yeah. They're probably on the shelf right there. One of them is Madness of Crowds, and the other is. Oh, I got that one right here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I obviously don't have any of mine because it's September, and yeah. none of them are out yet. So there'll be there'll be links and pictures of the books forthcoming. Yeah, which is all good because they're all they're not out yet, so you can't read them anyway. So yeah, see, as you can see, we put the on sale date because we cannot violate that or we lose the privileges to sell, to have the books early. Like, which would I be remember, devastating. Do you remember when Harry Potter came out? Like the last one? Oh yeah. Everybody in the building had to like sign a contract saying they wouldn't read it early. And that one was, that was pretty strict. That was funny. Yeah, I worked at, so I worked at a bookstore for years and I helped them with their release parties. And so the library and the bookstore would collaborate on the release parties. And we actually had to have people like they had to make sure that the police knew that we had the Harry Potter book at this at the store because, you know, there's like 20 cases of this book. Yeah, I, yeah, love I worked Potter's at book. like a super tiny library and it was the first time we had ever had to do anything like that. And I remember our board of trustees being like, why are they telling us to do this? Like, this is silly. And um, the director and I were like, well, like this is a really big thing and spoilers are bad. So 
and and my life revolved around it for weeks because I love Harry Potter so much. But yeah, we did all kinds of Harry Potter parties and stuff, and now no longer. So I can start I with the madness of crowds if you guys if <laughs> sure. since you got it right there. Um, okay, so this has to be one of my favorite authors ever, Louise Penny. She's a Canadian author. Her series, this is number 17 in the Armand Gamache series, and they are devastatingly brilliant in terms of um, mystery novels. She's got fantastic characters who you love, you absolutely love them. The mysteries take place in Three Pines, which is a little tiny community outside Quebec. I think between Quebec and Montreal, I think is where it's placed, you know, it's fictional, but people say that there is sort of like a, a little community that Three Pines is based on and you can take trips there and stuff. Which is, um, so this one is Chief Inspector Gamache is having like a very quiet holiday festive time and is asked to serve as a security guard for a university for a particular speaker, the speaker, he then starts doing a little bit of research into the speaker and realizes that the person is a little bit off center. And so he goes to the university and says, you know, I don't think this is a very good idea in terms of security. You should probably cancel it. So he's accused of being, uh, you know, trying to censor somebody's language. But then, of course, a murder happens based around this scenario and things go from bad to worse and thus the madness of crowds comes out of this idea that there'll be crowds gathering for this speaker. So um, you got to trust Louise Penny, go with her and just embrace Three Pines because it's literally, I think, the best mystery series on the market today. And it comes out Tuesday, August 24th, Madness of Crowds, Louise Penny. There's oh, yeah, that's next Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, it's Tuesday. This next Tuesday, and um, currently, I think there's 300. And let me tell you what I can tell you because we've got the high. How many holds are on it? So many. Well over 300. That's a lot. Add your I name mean, to the list, people. Yeah, we do have two copies of it. We do, and um, both of them are going to be checked out. Yes, they will be. So currently, right now, there are 363 people waiting for this book, and. <laughs> Get your name on the list because I monitor this and the minute that it hits, uh, usually I try to make sure that we retain a two to one ratio, which sounds too specific. But if we if we start to see four people on hold, then I immediately add another copy so that we can get it moving. So Madness of Crowds, we have six people waiting on two copies, so I may add a third. So, but either way. Yay! Yeah, I can't wait till Tuesday. And they let you know, you know, when you pre-order things, you get all excited because at midnight you get the announcement that your book is ready. So exciting. So anyway. Okay. So my first book is an adorable graphic novel. Like, it's so cute. Look at it. Cute. It's, uh, have you read this one? No. Is it manga? It is. It's like manga. Shove it closer to the screen. I can't read it. <laughs> Not that close. So this is Dragon Goes House Hunting, story by Kawa Tanuki. And it's it's just a tiny, like, adorable little manga about a red dragon who gets kicked out of his house and has to get, get um, an apartment or a, a home of his own for the very first time. And That's it is adorable. Just, I know. 
<laughs> it sounds so wholesome. I love it. Um, I'm typing in the author and stuff now. Bye. K-A-W-O. I was Is that like really new, like recently published? I haven't heard of it before. I'm not. I'm going to look now. I'm not 100%. I know there's no anime accompaniment because I would have heard about that. So Before it was now. first published in Japan in 2017 and then published in Canada in 2018. So it's moderately new. Like, I don't think it's got a huge following, but like, it's ridiculously adorable. And I flipped through it. It's, it's super cute. So cute. the little dragon, whose name is Letty, is not very good at being a dragon. So that's why their, their dragon dad kicks them out of the house and uh, says like, Go, go, go be a dragon. So they, they partner up with a slightly evil elvish architect to find their perfect home. <laughs> it just sounds so cute. I so, might have to check that out. Yeah. And we have the first few of these because when we get, gra when we order graphic novels slash manga, we try to buy as many volumes as we can. So I think I have like the first three in this, but yeah, dragon goes house hunting. Super cute, super adorable. The the illustrations look phenomenal. And you know what I love? I love any books that have that um, sort of border around the cover. Like, yeah, very like, like, artistic. It's just, it reminds me of like the Tamara Pierce covers or yep. um, the, uh, the illustrator Kanoko Craft who did yeah. some amazing illustrations. But it looks, it looks phenomenal. So, and Letty the Dragon is reading a book on the cover that says buying your first home without failing. <laughs> it reminds me of our hermit crab. So yeah. Super cute. It's like it our hermit crab. Habit. Maybe next year we could have a dragon as a theme. That would be awesome. No one's saying we can't. I mean, we can just, we do whatever we want. <laughs> we do what we want. We can insert a dragon into any theme if we really want to. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fantastic. So, Alyssa, tell us what you're looking forward to in September. All right. I'm going to go in order of most anticipated down. All of them are. I'm pre-ordering all of them, probably. But, like, the one I'm most excited for is going to come first, followed by the three I'm equally excited. excited about. But So, Stacy wants everybody to know that she loves us and we are super fun. Yay. Oh. Thanks, Stacey. Well, my first book that I am eagerly anticipating is Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Klune. Like, I wasn't going to have T.J. Klune on this list if he's producing a book. I'm going to buy it. Um, <laughs> it's just going to happen. Um, it's about a, a ghost who refuses to cross over and the ferryman of souls that he falls in love with. So this dude dies and at his funeral he gets collected by the ferryman and taken to this like in-between place that is actually like a tea house run by the ferryman named Hugo and he has to learn about everything that he's missed up on his life before he died like learning how to live after death and everything that he missed out on so by then he doesn't want to die anymore but he has to make a choice, so he ends up staying in his tea house. It sounds adorable. It sounds adorable. I'm, 
I'm gonna read it. If TJ Klune writes it, I'm gonna read it. So I really didn't care what this was going to be about. I was gonna buy it anyway. The cover is stunning. <laughs> I it love that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna read I'm gonna it. I'm gonna buy it. He's <laughs> one of my favorite authors. I'm not gonna not buy his book. Um, <laughs> this is adult, also, by the way. It's the cover is very to his. Uh, that on the Cerulean Sea. I think the same artist did the cover of this one, if I remember him posting that correctly. Um, but this one comes out September 21st, so kind of a, about a month from now, but so worth it. If you like The House in the Surreal Sea, or if you like TJ Klune, please buy his book. Or borrow it I'm from gonna, me. I'm going to buy it. I just wrote it down so that I can make sure that we have a copy here at MacArthur Library. There you go. That's why I like you. Picture of the cover. There it is. That's oh, pretty so cool. pretty. Um, and Cheryl would like everybody to know, um, I'm going to do a dramatic reenactment because this is how Cheryl would exactly <laughs> say it. Oh my God, the Under the Whispering Doors, my most anticipated book of the year. <laughs> can we do dramatic reenactments of comments okay. all the time? <laughs> yes, we can. We should add that. That should be part of our, you know, part of our feature. Okay. Cheryl says, I'm going to buy it for my B-Day. Of course. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, okay, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna buy this one because I I already have this one on whole uh, on pre order as well. And the bummer thing is that it comes out the same day as Louise Penny, one mm -hmm. of my one of my other favorite favorite authors. Um, and that is sorry, I want to find my notes. You can um, just buy both of them. Well, I already bought no one's both. Of them, but, you. but I but I can't read both of them at the same exact time. So I mean, you kind of can. You it can. Just, yeah. You need I'll to finish, try harder. I'll finish one and then I'll have you. <laughs> Who needs sleep? Exactly. No one. When there's, when there's books to be read, nobody needs sleep. If you haven't stayed up till 3 a.m. reading a book to finish, you haven't lived. <laughs> you like books? Uh, you know what? So I have to tell you, too, that one of the other high demand titles is The Last Thing He Told Me. And I try to, you know, I try to see what everybody else is reading. And that's like a really, that one's been super popular and it is really good. I can't put it down. I started it yesterday and I'm almost done. So I will let you know when I finish how it is. But um, so the other book that I wanted to talk about, which is also being released on the same day as Louise Penny is Lightning Strike by William Kent Kruger. Um. I love his books. I had read years ago, I read Ordinary Grace, which is a standalone book that he, that a historical, uh, historical novel with a little bit of like a uh, mystery undertone, but it was just like brilliantly written. It's such a great book. And so, um, so lightning, lightning strike is the 18th in his Cork O'Connor series, which is just, they're, they're like, they're so good. They take a place, they take place in um, Aurora, Minnesota in this lake district and so there's a lot of native native stuff that's going on there's a, a an unbelievably cool indigenous character in this book that that you just absolutely adore named henry malu he's fantastic and so this is number 18 he's an amazing writer the coolest thing about william kent kruger is that i wrote him a fan letter because you know my book nerd status <laughs> several years ago when he was in Massachusetts and I begged him to come to MacArthur and he did. 
And, you know, so he drove up from Massachusetts and he did this all for the cost of a lobster dinner because we have so many fans of his in, in Maine and like 75 people, yeah, 75 people, you know, climbed into the, the community room, standing room only. Um, and he was just phenomenal. Like we're so, we're so lucky to have such a wonderful author out there. That's just such a supporter of libraries. So he's, he's a fantastic person. Number 18. The cool thing about this book is also that it's a story about Cork when he's a child and his father is still the, um, sheriff of the county and so it's going to be a little bit of a different perspective so i'm really looking forward to it i think it's going to be great okay so mine is my next one is related to the podcast that we did last week because when i was covering books i was like oh i literally just talked about this so my next book is radium girls by kate moore um the full title is radium girls the scary but true story of the poison that made people glow in the dark um, and it's by Kate Moore. So this is the story of the radium girls, the girls who um, painted watches. And in order to paint like the tiny numbers on the watches, they would dip their paintbrushes in radium and then like lick it so that it had a nice tiny point. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds terrible. That it just yeah. sounds awful. Mm -mm. So is this the, uh, is this a teen version of the adult book? Yes, this is the Young Readers edition, so it's it's a little less, not that much less intense because this is still quite a hefty book. But um, it's and, it, the book is brilliant. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's so interesting. And it's it's this one. I don't know about the adult one, but it's got like little photos of the the court trials and stuff. And um, I I actually listened to the podcast about it, and it is horrifying. Like the the stuff that happened to these women. And the way the corporations, like the Radium Committee, like paid off judges and doctors to just like hide stuff under the rug just is, is absolutely appalling. So, Melanie, you're going to want to cover your ears for this one because there's a dentist horror story. Oh, oh yeah. No, no. I know. I, I read the book. So. Okay. So but I will. I will just kind of. One, one of the I stories they talk about. about my with dental work. Oh, no, you're fine. You can just you can look. Um, they, one of the readers had like, uh, one of the women had a, a, like an abscess and she went to the dentist to pull it out and her jaw, like they pulled her jaw out. Yeah. I'd like, I'm in the car and I'm like this, like holding my jaw. Did it hurt though? Well, there, that happened throughout their jaws because the radiate, the radium like, got into their jaws. And so they all lost teeth yeah. and pieces oh, of their job. I know it all. It was in the Jack the Ripper podcast I just listened to a few weeks yeah, ago. And they actually painted their teeth so that they yeah like, they'd go out clubbing essentially and they'd paint their teeth so that they'd glow in the dark. Because all these doctors were telling them, oh it's fine, you're fine, nothing's wrong and and your jaw comes off. Yeah. So so I'm gonna toss out an idea that because I, I love the idea that they're taking some of these very strong, uh, strong adult nonfiction books that's happening with, um, who is the, who is the Afghani woman that got shot in the face? Malala. I am. Yes. And so that was one of the first ones. The book came out as an adult book and then they made it into a teen book. Call me American. There's an adult version and now there's a teen version. I would think that it would be really fun to do some kind of a family book group where we offer the adults, the adult version and the teens, the teen version and do like 
a continue, you know, like a re you know, some kind of a reading group with both both levels of readers. That would be actually kind of fun. Like there's yeah, definitely a lot. There's Trevor Noah. There's the um, Michelle Obama biography. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. It would be it would be really fun. Like how accessible, you know, it's a great way. Like teen reading is so important. And I mean, honestly, there's also kids versions of the, a lot of them too. So you have like the three different levels of, of reading comprehension. So we should do that. Maybe next summer during summer reading, we could do something like that. It'd be kind of interesting. It would be. Uh, so Cheryl would like us to know that the Radium Girls movie is on Netflix still, she thinks, um, and that she read Radium Girls for book group and it was traumatizing. Yes. That's like, fair. 100%. <laughs> so who are right. we up to? Uh, I forgot what me. Oh, yeah, you just did Radium Girls. So, Alyssa, what else is on your reading list? Okay, my next most anticipated read for September is uh, Once Upon a Broken Heart by Stephanie Garber. And if you read uh, the Caraval series by her, um, which is about two sisters that go to a carnival um, circus, if you will, and one of them gets kidnapped and the other one has to try to find her, um, through leading, uh, like a maze of like clues and misery follow through the maze of the circus to find her sister, um, with the ringmaster leading her along as she goes. And it's a very good book. Um, it's a wonderful series. And one of the characters that I most in that series is, um, the Prince of Hearts. And this book is about him and uh, another girl, there's a different main character. And I believe the characters in the original series are going to make appearances in this new series. Um, but um, there's a lot of magic and intrigue. And if you like the circus, you're gonna like this. I love books with like, especially fantasy books with like a circus carnival backdrop. Like Night, like, night Circus. Yes. That, so I, Hug Caraval as, like, if you liked the Night Circus, you'll probably like Caraval, even though they're a little bit different. It's still kind of, like, similar. It's similar enough where it's going to catch your interest, but I, the Prince of Hearts was my favorite character. If it's, if he's morally gray uh, and angry, is he the angry boy and morally gray, then I'm probably going to like you. I have a type. <laughs> um... Morally gray. I love that term. Morally gray, angry boy uh, <laughs> with attitude problems and anger issues. You're my favorite automatically. Congratulations. Uh, this boy is rough, but I'm hoping he gets a redemption arc because I love him and I want him to be happy. My trash son. Uh, so I'm very excited about this book. Um, I don't want to give too much away because... I feel like you have to read the original trilogy before you read this, but if you fall in love with the Prince of Hearts during Caraval, like I did, pick this up. Uh, the cover is probably the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Uh, and they have special editions out the yin yang and one of them's pink. I don't like pink, but I kind of want it anyway. Look oh, how beautiful cool. that is. And it's sparkly. I want it to be like gilded. 
Yes. I think you one of the special editions is gilded. I oh, haven't I don't remember so, which one, but so I think I that we we may have another theme. I, I don't know if we've ever done this. I think we might have. Is that the best book covers ever? I don't think we've done that, but we always talk about how we I wouldn't be able to pick. There's so many good ones. I th no, there's only one winner. <laughs> um no. Yeah, no. Mr. Penumbra's 24-hour bookstore. What? Hold on. <laughs> Mr. Penumbra's 24-hour bookstore. And the reason is it glows in the dark. Oh, that's the one that I like when I kept trying to find the images for our room. It was the wrong image because all the pictures were the backwards. We must have done covers then because, it, yeah, we talked. I don't remember why we talked about it, but all I know is that I was reading that book and I was actually reading the hardcover. And I'm reading it and I just started and I started to doze. So I put it on the nightstand and turned the light off and it glows in yeah. the dark. I think it would be cool for us to like maybe pick the top three favorite covers of all time, regardless of what the book is about. And just based based on the covers, because a lot yeah. of people pick books based on the covers now, and the cover game is super strong right now. With yeah. I don't know what publishing's doing, but the covers coming out are ridiculous. Yeah, and they, keep they went through better. A, they went through a lull where the covers were just just terrible. Just like, I follow you know, like some artists on Instagram that do cover art specifically, and their work is stunning. So that might be cool to do. Yeah. All right. So that we'll put that on our list. Not that I'll remember in five minutes, uh, but we have two comments to address. Um, so Cheryl first says, "Ooh, adding that to my TBR. I love Stephanie Garber. Yeah. <laughs> she talks just like that. She's great. Um, and then she wants to know, is there a Riley Sager one that glows in the dark? I have no idea. Probably. Uh, there's a new Riley Sager out like very recently. That's been doing pretty well. Those are creepy. Um, I only read one of them and I thought it was really creepy, but I don't know if it glows in the dark. I'll have to look into that. We'll have uh, to just Google books that glow in the dark. But then she says, I used to pick books based on the covers and that failed me badly one time. So never again. Cheryl talks exactly like that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so One of the coolest books I ever had was not a fiction book. It was a book about like circuitry and makerspaces and it had graphite circuits built into the cover. So if you touched a nine volt battery to the two uh, points on it, things would light up on the cover. And it was so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. That is pretty cool. It's it interactive. Was, yeah. I have no idea what the cover was, but it was purple. That, there, so I, I read the book, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, based on the cover. And I loved it. It was great. It served me well. Yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think it works more often than not, but then you get some that are like, meh. Yeah, and sometimes you just hate the cover. I just, I'm really yeah. glad that we have moved away from using the same five stock images for young adult books over and over again. Like Great. the Strand of Broken Pearls or that one girl. Okay. Like the Throne worst, of Glass books. Yes. Worst, worst covers ever. Twilight series. Heck yeah. Anything Maybe. from the 90s. <laughs> Just anything. But okay, so we we easily could make this a topic. We have to put we that could. on our list of things that we... Next week on Book Talk Live, covers. Are they okay, important? I'm, all right, I did this one. I, 60 I, minutes. I always print stuff up so that I remember what I'm going to talk about. Okay, I'll talk about... Um, okay, so British author... Paul, I think she's British anyway. Paula Hawkins girl on the train 
came out in 2015 and it was a huge summer blockbuster. Like this was the, the read of the summer. It was following like Gone Girl had come a couple of years before that. And so every summer there was sort of this ginormous thriller that did great. And so 2015, 16 was Girl on the Train, later made into a movie that was, man, was okay. Um, so Paula Hawkins followed that up by into the water, either into the water or in the water and really hasn't written anything since. And so there's a big fall book coming out. It's called slow fire burning. There's, I didn't see a lot of stuff about it. Um, except there's three women all with very different backgrounds. There's a brutal murder that takes place and nobody really knows who to trust and who might've been the murderer. Um, the review says that it's shocking, moving, full of heart, laced with humor and packed with moments of sheer terror. So I think, you know, yeah, it should be good. Like, I think that, you know, we've got that on order that I think it's uh, September 14th release. I can't remember. All of these are before September 14th, the latest of any of these. Oh, I forgot that my once upon a broken heart is out on the 30th of September. So the very end of the month, I forgot that part. <laughs> Sorry. But it's good to know about them ahead of time so that you can yeah. look forward to them. Oh, I have lists. <laughs> yeah, me too. I do the same thing. I'm like, I, you know, we always know when things are going to come out because we're so excited to read the books. Yeah. So, yeah. So Paula Hawkins, be looking forward to that. You know, another good thriller from this author, I think. All right. My next one is another manga because, again, I'm just on this wholesome Adoro bold kick. For why not? Yeah, why not? So this one is called Rainbow and Black, and it's by Eri Takanashi. And this one is, is definitely like an older young adult crossover style manga. Uh, this, the main character is, is a college student, and she does get into some college student situations. But it just looks super cute. So the main character named, I've got my notes here, Shira Hoshi loves everything black and white. Like she does not engage in things that are, are chaotic or colorful. She just likes black and white things. But she's having trouble making friends while in college. So she is struggling, like as, as one does when you can't make friends. So she ends up finding a colorful parrot-like creature called a happy mouse that's been abandoned. And they are these things. I already want one. I know, Don't show right? Me that. Oh my goodness, I love that. And Can someone crochet like... that for me? <laughs> Probably it, could. It looks like a lake spirit mixed with like a lion cub thing. Yeah, like they're super cute. They're described as parrot-like. Um, but they, the only parrot-like feature they have is this ring of feathers around their head. Um, they also uh, talk in the human language, so... Which is fine. Yeah. Um, but the, the happy mouse brings color into Corot's life and helps her find friends and brings her into like a community of people who all have these happy mouse pets, companions, companions, and she starts making friends. So it seems really cute and adorable. And like, also I love it as well. Like, I think they did that. 
cute. And you know what? I think that this is, it's an important <clears throat> subject. You know, like I, you know, you go away to school and it's not always a perfect fit. And you know, your first year, your first couple semesters, it's not always depending on, like I was put in a dorm room with two cheerleaders. <laughs> like I had a similar problem. Sometimes you go to school and you don't know anyone there. Like you're, I went to UNH where a lot of my classmates went. I actually went to USM and Gorham my first year at school. I didn't know anyone when I came up here and I was rooming with someone who was the complete opposite of me personality wise, ended up like chasing her out and getting a new roommate halfway through the semester, which is a whole other story. I ended up joining a sorority to make friends, which I never thought I would do. And it was awesome. It is not the typical sorority life that I had expected. And I'm not sorry that I did it. And I still have some of those friends today, uh, but I didn't see another option. And I went with my roommate at the time because she wanted to pledge. And I had no intention of doing so because I'm not that kind of person. I thought <laughs> I was wrong, um, but it's weird going to somewhere, you know, no one. And even when I went back and I transferred to UNH where I know that most of my graduating class went, I saw none of them ever on that big campus. You don't know anyone unless you have classes with them or you're in the same major, you won't see anyone. So you're so, completely so alone almost except there, for your roommates. Anybody out there going away to school, uh, we're all nodding our heads. And you know, so just know that you have books and librarians behind you. like, <laughs> And lots yeah, of I, advice. I went to UNH from uh, Co-Brown where we were the first class graduating with a hundred students. Whoa. Yeah. I knew everybody in my graduating class, like absolutely everybody. That is and that big for you or small? Big. That was, that was big. We were the biggest graduating class ever. Okay. I think we were 600. Yeah. My, I didn't know a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> so nope. not a lot, but I know most yeah. of them went to UNH. Still didn't see anyone. Nope. Well, and we, we're a college town. You know, we're always we're always like UNE students come and visit us. We we think you're awesome and cool and come visit us. It doesn't always work because it is a little bit of a distance, but they have their we own had, library. We, yeah, we had the the, um, the day of giving two years ago before the Panini, and that was great because they they came and they got to explore the library and they all got cards and that was fun. Yeah. So this looks like a great fit. Like, obviously we're all saying, yeah, we had the same experience. College isn't always like this perfect idealized that situation that you think when you first get there. So you are not alone. Come and be And there are different ways to make friends. <laughs> cool. All right. Is it my turn now? Yep. It is. All right. So my next book, um, I don't know if anyone is familiar with C.S. Packet or Packet. I'm not sure. Um, the Fence graphic novel series. Fence as in like fencing, boys who fence. It's a comic book. You know what I'm talking about, Danny. Um, yes. Uh, she wrote that. Um, but she has a new fantasy book coming out. She also wrote another series not appropriate to talk about at the library that I love. Uh, but it's so good. Um, but she's mainly known for the Fence series. I think she's Australian, um, but she has a new fantasy book coming out called Dark Rise. And I've been monitoring this 
book's progress for quite a while because uh, I love C.S. Picot. And I'm just going to read the description on Goodreads because I, I have no idea what this book is about and I'm reading it for the first time right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you're all going to find out with me. Uh, the ancient world of magic is no more. Its heroes are dead, its halls are ruins, and its great battles between light and dark are forgotten. Only the stewards remember, and they keep their centuries-long vigil, sworn to protect humanity if the Dark King ever returns. Sixteen-year-old Doc Boy Will is on the run, pursued by the men who killed his mother. When an old servant tells him of his destiny to fight beside the stewards, Will is ushered into a world of magic, where he must train to play a vital role in the oncoming battle against the Dark. As London is threatened by the Dark King's return, the reborn heroes and villains of a long-forgotten war begin to draw battle lines. But as the young descendants of light and dark step into their destined roles, old allegiances, old enmities, and old flames are awakened. Will must stand with the last heroes of the light to prevent the fate that destroyed their world from returning to destroy his own. Dun, dun, dun. Does, uh, that sounds really like good. A, that yeah. sounds like a takeoff of um, the Dark is Rising sequence. It does remind I, me of that a little bit, yeah. yeah if it's set in London, you, I'm going to read it. Darkest Rising is like the, this brilliant 60s, two of them won Newbery Awards, I think, right? Yeah, two of the it's five. an older series. I think I read the first two. It's middle it's, grade, I think. It's middle grade, but it's Will, and it's the light against the dark and the light. This know, the also light. has like a darker magic vibes to me, almost. Kind of. I'll be curious. When you, the when cover you is that, beautiful again. I buy it. Yeah, and, and like, you should read The Dark is Rising because everyone should. That's true. Because <laughs> they're phenomenal. The first one, you got to get through the first one because it's kind of like really young grade, but then they get better and better and better as they go It's kind of oh, slow, that was thing, but once you get past it. It was written in the time where publishers didn't really think kids would read anything over 90 pages. So... Yep. <clears throat> I still remember that whole poem. When the dark comes rising, six shall set it back. Three from the circle, three from the track. Wood, bronze, water, fire, stone. One shall return. No, five shall return and one go alone. I thought and you were starting the on. Avatar to Last Airbender like <laughs> theme intro, and I got really confused. <laughs> no, it's the darkest I, rising. There's that whole sequence. Okay. Goes, and then it goes on. Like, started you know, with element. From the... <laughs> hey, we never said that we weren't book nerds. We put it right out in the front. We are book nerds. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, that book, by the way, Dark Rise comes out September 28th. And it is YA, it looks like. so. It looks it. Definitely cool. YA. 16-year-old um, main character. I'm gonna say YA. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh it, this this one's a this one's different, but it's Colson uh Whitehead who wrote Underground Railroad. I mean, probably one of the most brilliant writers of our time has a new book coming out, and it is called Harlem Shuffle. It sounds a little bit different than it sounds it's different, you know, because Underground Railroad was so unusual. It's made into a uh, Amazon Prime series now. But the idea of uh, Underground Railroad is that there really was a railroad underground that people escaped being enslaved. 
And I mean, it's just brilliant and such a different book. And so he's got a new book coming out called Harlem Shuffle. Um, he's a two-time, the author is a two-time Pulitzer Prize winner for Underground Railroad and the Nickel Boys. But this one is different. It's a novel of heists, shakedowns, ripoffs set in Harlem in the 1960s. Um, so it sounds really kind of cool. It's about this guy named Ray Carney. Um, he's like a little bit, like it says, he's a little bent when it came to being crooked. <laughs> and that's like a quote from the book. So he's a little bit, um, but then gets involved in this like bigger robbery kind of thing and then starts exploring Harlem in the 1960s in this really different way. Um, Col Colson Whitehead, probably one of the most significant authors of our time. Um, so I think if you haven't read him before, you should definitely try it. And I'm kind of excited about Harlem Shuffle coming out soon. I think this one's a little later in September. So I hadn't ordered it, but when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, we haven't ordered this. Uh, we got to order it right away. So I think it's like 14, mm -hmm. you know, sometime in September. 14. It's got a cool cover too. It does. All right. So my next one, Cheryl, this one's for you. Uh, this is one that was on order with our, our book ordering supply company, but they are notoriously slow. So I canceled it and bought it on Amazon. Blackout uh, by Assorted Authors. Uh, it is even love stories can glow when the lights go out. So it's um, short stories by Donnell Clayton, Tiffany Jackson, Nick Stone, Angie Thomas, Ashley Woodfolk, Nicola Yoon, and they all write stories about black teens in a, a blackout in the city. So when the power goes out, they find love. And it, again, I guess my my theme today is wholesome. Well, <laughs> except for Radium Girls, that is not that is not wholesome. Not wholesome. <laughs> not wholesome. Well, wholesome, spelled differently, but that was bad. Uh, so yeah, blackout shorts. <laughs> Um, I'm like, these are all phenomenal authors, Angie Thomas, Nick Stone, like amazing authors. Um, I'm not usually a huge fan of short stories just because I, I desire more in I'm reading, but I'm probably going to flip through it. And this is, this is the tagline, which is really good. A summer heat wave blankets New York City in darkness, but as the city is thrown into confusion, a different kind of electricity sparks. A first meeting, longtime friends, bitter exes, and maybe the beginning of something new. When the lights go out, people reveal hidden truths. Love blossoms, friendship transforms, and new possibilities take flight. Like, that just sounds like a really good description. It does. Like and the it. authors are all fantastic authors. Yeah. Like, these yeah. are all, like, super top-notch mm -hmm. authors. So, uh, and Cheryl would like to know, um, she says, I'm currently reading it. I'm like halfway through and I'm loving it. Yeah. So that was one that we had on order, but got silly delayed. So I just purchased it through Amazon, but we have it now and it is amazing and it's beautiful. Like it doesn't glow in the dark, but like the stars are little hearts. How cute is that? Oh, that's really cute. Super cute. cute. Did, so what was the second book that Angie Thomas wrote? Uh, on the come up. Did you, did anybody read that? I did not. It's currently on my 
to read list. Yeah, I think it's on but, mine too because I loved The Hate You Give. That yeah. was a phenomenal book. I, I've been struggling reading books about heavy, heavy subjects lately. I want things that are not heavy. I want light. I want silly. I want um, comforting. So I, I have not read that because I know that's a book that's going to have um, none of those of things. Weight to it. <laughs> yeah. That you have um, to think it, about. Like it's gonna be phenomenal and like super well written, but get a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, we might um, have to we might have to try that sometime, like when we're up for it. So Cheryl says she listened to it as an audiobook. Um and it was really good. Uh, not as good as The Hate You Give, but still really good. And also, uh, she says, that is probably the way to go. So I am guessing that, yes, this one is also very heavy. And I recommended it to people who, who liked The Hate You Give or um, a lot of those, those same style books. But I have not read it myself because mental load. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we've talked about this before, but Danny and I share a Hoopla account because we have this like, and so we can see what the other person is reading. And so you had to see like the dog who went to the inn, the dog who ate ice cream, the dog, you know, like all these ridiculous, like cheesy, cozy mysteries. It was basically like all I could read for months and months and months. That's all I read. And meanwhile, all you saw from me was like, erotic romance <laughs> written in the 1500s yes like, yeah i read all the bridgerton series all at once too that was fun yeah like these are two that i've been trying to read bound <laughs> by passion and city of villains book one so yeah i tried i i just tried the scarlet letter based on some of the um on Obscured podcasts. I was like, I should reread The Scarlet Letter. And I must say, I'm not getting into it. I, It's a lot of blah, blah at the beginning. I know, you know, for all those people out there that love classic literature, I do read a lot of classic literature too, but. I refuse to read anything that was once required of me to read for school. <laughs> Ruined it. Yep. I can't. Isn't that terrible? Like, I think they should, I think they should all be reading The Hate You Give. Uh, so I had a teacher that ruined so many classics for me in high school because every single book that we read, no matter what, was a Jesus metaphor. And some of them do have religious metaphors written into them, but sometimes a door is just a door. <laughs> and it got to the point where I stopped reading them and I just lied on the tests because I was like, this is stupid. You're ruining these books for me. And I have never actually read The Great Gatsby because for some reason and somehow she turned that into a metaphor for Christianity. Really? How? Yes. That's like wow. the best How? one you could have that, that one, that, That's a departure for me. Yeah. Like that has, that is not a metaphor for Christianity at all. <laughs> you know yeah. what I think is really funny too, is that something like, when you when you've gone to a lot of author events and you ask like inevitably you ask the author like you know what did you mean when you said this beautiful simile of blah 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 and they go yeah like it was you know it was I didn't mean anything by it yeah <laughs> that's just it sounded good so I stuck it in yeah I I did there's certain there's there are certain um, classic novels that I've gone back to and really loved we could do that too it was classic novels that are great 
can Alyssa and I read the, the young adult versions and the graphic novels? Because there's yeah, yeah. We just we got totally like, could. Scarlet Letter manga. I'll read that one. Maybe that's what I should do because I've been trying Maybe. to. You know, it's funny because I I came to the conclusion a long time ago that I don't like American literature as much as British. I don't like. I don't like books that try to shove a lesson down my throat. Like. I don't, I don't need some bald guy telling me that I'm a harlot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Sorry. I got a soft topic again. That could uh, be another one though. Classics. Although I did get some eye rolling when I said that. So <laughs> but apparently Gabe was rapping on the come up uh, in daycare, which is hilarious. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. <laughs> so we've been going for an hour. Do we still have books? Because we go off track. We can keep oh. going. Oh, man. I, mean, I, I only have one left, really. But I have one I don't have too. to. I have one left as well. So let's How just about we do it in 30 seconds or less? Here you go. Okay. Am I first? I'll go first. Okay, hang on. I'm putting 30 seconds. And then, then people will know. Okay, ready? Go. Okay. My last book is Defy the Night by Bridget Kemmerer, who wrote a Curse of Dark and Lonely series, which I loved. This one seems to be about two brothers who inherit a kingdom who is ravaged by sickness, and they're ruling with iron fists, which don't work ever. And then there's this other girl named Tessa, who's a herbalist of some kind, who's trying to lead a rebel alliance to get the cure to people who need it, like the poor people who aren't getting it. And she ends up going into the palace and like confronting the prince and it's crazy. That was terrible, but I'm gonna read it anyway. There you go. No other <laughs> wrong cover game. I love Bridget Kemmerer's other series, A Curse So Dark and Lonely. So obviously I'm gonna read her new series. Defy the Night comes out on the 14th of September. You're it's welcome. a lot on the 14th. Yeah, September is like a huge month for YA. Yeah. It is for adults, too. I have more on my list. I just didn't have any more that I wanted to pre-order. <laughs> it's that back-to-school pre-time. Yep. Okay, I'm starting my thing. All right, I'm going to talk about the next book by Leanne Moriarty, who wrote Big Little Lies, which was made into a TV show. Huge TV shows. The books were great. She wrote Husband's Secret, Big Little Lies. There's like a bunch of them that were really good. Her last book was Nine Perfect Strangers, which was a departure um, and has not been so well received as the TV show is only getting two stars. Her next book is Apples Never Fall. Um, about a tennis family, um, mom and dad, one of them goes missing and nobody really knows what's happening. So looks like she might be getting back to sort of this mystery, underlying mystery thing um, and hopefully can get back on track. But I just don't, you know, I'm kind of wondering whether one book a year is just too much pressure for this author. Sounds like a terrible thing to say, but. I mean, some authors can put out two books a year not going to name names or anything. Or seven. Or 17, like <laughs> James Patterson. <laughs> Daniel Steele. Sorry. That's terrible because you know what? James Patterson does a lot for other authors and supports libraries. So we love him. So uh, there was a viral TikTok a while ago 
about two librarians who were like making a book fort out of James Patterson books and talking about how like, you think James Patterson is in the adult room, but then you go to young adult and bam, James Patterson. Yep. And then and you in go the downstairs into the, into the children's and bam, James Patterson. And apparently he saw it on, on TikTok or Twitter or something and retweeted it. So it's pretty hilarious. That's awesome. Now I want to build a fort out of James Patterson books. I know. That'd be really cool. Go do it after we're done. You got yeah. nothing else to do today, right? <laughs> yeah. Just, we'll the, it... just the staff schedule. Yeah, no big deal. You can do that from your fort. Yeah. <laughs> build it around your desk. I mean, That'd literally, be so cool. we could take those James Pattersons, build a wall behind the reference desk, and I could live under there. <laughs> Happily. I'm off it. We, are, we have the best reference desk now, right. and you really could have like a little nook with a TV set and some you know, some snacks and a cushion under there, like, and I do fit hands on because phone. I have sat underneath the desk before. I feel like it's raining and you're required to make a fort. Yeah. If it's out. So yes. sounds awesome. Yeah. Danny, did you want to do your last book? All right. So my last book I actually found on TikTok, which is hilarious. So I follow this author on, on book talk and she was talking <laughs> about her book, uh, her new book series for young adults, which is a departure from her normal uh, books for adults. It is, Pirates of Felicity by Kelly St. Clair. This is book two, Stolen Princess. Book one is Immortal Plunder. It's currently checked out, so I can't show it to you. But it is um, a fantasy realm. There are three types of people, males, females, and pirates. And she is a female pirate. And so I am down for that. And like, look at, she is, she's like a total badass. Look at that. Totally. Yes. Yeah, and, and pirates. Yeah. And pirates. I am, I am here for this content. I love pirates. And it, like, I love it was female cool. pirates. Yeah. yeah. Like strong female main character, dragons, like all kinds of cool stuff. And like literally it was just a small author on TikTok being like, hey, I've departed from writing adult fantasy and now I'm writing young adult books. And I was like, all right, I'll buy it. And I think we're the only one in ones in Maine that own it. I love that. Me too. Makes me feel special. You guys, it was awesome spending an hour with you and talking about books. Yay. This is fun. This is like my highlight of the week. And, and we have to say that Alyssa's going to be fabulous librarian at MacArthur Library and Walker Memorial Library. So she's sort of like fabulous library in two locations now. Hopefully I'll be cool. able to keep doing this, but it depends on my schedule, which I don't know yet. So well, like if, if we have to rearrange this schedule, like we totally can. Yeah. I would love do to this. keep doing this. This is also the highlight of my week. And my right. husband has been eternally grateful for me having someone else to vent to about <laughs> books so that I'm not bugging him every day when he gets home anymore. And this is, this is one of the, the series is, programs, things, whatever, that consistently gets a lot of like attention interaction. Yeah. Especially now that we've got the, the pot, we've turning it into a podcast. Like it amuses me greatly to see the number of downloads that we have. I quite enjoy that. I'm that a downloader. Great. It's nice. Uh, so I enjoy it. Cheryl also Yay. wants us to know that it's the highlight of her week too. We so love you, Cheryl. We and, love any of, and any of our new people that want to be book nerds with us. We may have to update the date and time, but book book talk live will continue. We'll figure yes, it out. Yes, we will Yay. definitely try to make it happen. To. I'm very ecstatic to see what other cool topics we can come up with to talk about. Yes. 
Yeah, we've been doing and, it like, for a year, and we have never been at a loss. I don't think there was ever a day that we were like. Well, now we got cover game is strong topic, and then other ones. So uh, oh, we should also do like a read this book despite the cover. That's true. Oh yeah, we Maybe could do do we one and do, then another one. Yeah. And Deanna had some more podcasts. I think that we know that Deanna is the the most avid podcast podcast She's queen. Podcast yeah, queen. you know, 100%. so like, yeah, so we might like maybe what we could do is do do like each of us cover one podcast, and then Deanna has to cover like three for each of the ones that we cover. I mean, it sounds good. She to won't me. hate it. She could do it. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great week, everyone. Um, thank you for joining us and listening to us yammer on about books because we love them and come in and visit us at the library or at walker library where Alyssa is Will be. <laughs> yes please come visit me there if you live that way thanks for joining us